spiritual thing, a body thing, a soul thing, a soul thing. My father would always wake us up Saturday morning to the sound of house music. It was just a matter of time before I started DJing house music. When you're dancing to house music, it's about releasing, it's about, it's about reaching a euphoria. House music is love. Family is truly love. And if you don't have none of that, baby. While I'm on the dance floor, I disconnect with everything and I go in connection with the DJ. That's my dance partner right now. I mean, where would a DJ be without a dancer? When you're playing a great song and everyone is out there just lifting their hands and dancing and you feel that soul, that's a great DJ. I play strictly for the dancers. My love for music comes from watching them dance. Not to both, but no one can touch me because that's how free I feel. When you're in that zone, you just do amazing things and you don't feel anything. It's a very emotional process that happens between you and the dancers. It's like that is home. The dance floor is home. You have all this happening in front of you. I actually don't know what my feet are doing, what my body is doing. I'm just connected with the music. It makes me move, it makes me the dancer that I am. You need people who know house music to play house music for, to exchange the energies. This is something that's for people who are spiritually inclined and connect because they are listening and dancing to house music. House is important because it helps us heal and it brings us together. I feel that we're music messengers, and that's what we do. I mean, we, we spread this love around the world. We uh, give you what's come from within us. To another episode of Talking with WIT Kevin and Son. Today's episode is brought to you by RK Productions and the 10 United Podcast Network. And through the power of our story and our voices, we want to uplift you. We want to share your experiences, view your perspectives, and using the framework of teaching, learning, and modeling. Our purpose is very simple, ladies and gentlemen. We want to create hope, helping other people every day. But before we go on and dive into this interview, and this interview is going to be something special, I want to go ahead and thank my special uh, sponsor, Clay's Bakery at 700 Lancaster Avenue in Bryn Mawr, PA. Phone number is 610-647-2119. Talking about a sweet taste of life. You're talking about cakes and pastries to die for. My friend over there, Denise Clay. Hey. All you got to do is ask and she'll deliver. So look her up the next time you're looking for a sweet sensation. This is Kevin McLemore. But that's not why we're here. I am celebrating a friendship that spans more than 25 years of a young lady that I knew as an editor when she was coming up. When I look back on her resume and we talk about the 25 years of experience she's had 
in the film business and all the people that she has worked with, like directors like Spike Lee, Tim Robbins, Robert De Niro, uh, Ron Howard, Edward Burns, the great Woody Allen, the late and great Miss Penny Marshall, Nora Ephron, Ted Demi, Regina, and Warrington Hudlin. She is currently, she she runs a PR um, company called Pfeiffer Design, a guitar design company in New York. She's also a uh, service coordinator of various post-production facilities in New York and production assistant at WNBC-TV, WPIX-TV, WNYC-TV. I'm not sure if there's more than 24 hours in the day, but this lady is pushing the clock. You talk about doing something, being an overachiever. I'm going to tell you, I, I'm I'm not going to hold you back a little bit. Um, I'm just going to let it go right now. All right. I'm going to welcome our guest. She has a new documentary called The Music's Got Me. I'll wait till you see it. I want to welcome our guest, my friend, Miss Kristen Johnson. All right, Kristen, welcome to the show. Hello, Kevin. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on your show. In this, Man. In, at the first of the year, New Year, 2024. Thank you very much. You you are one of the first few guests in, in 2024. Matter of fact, I'm going to have you back. and I'm going to ask you at the end of the show to come back because um, I want to showcase people and their secrets to their success. Um, and I know you, you've got a whole list of what, what it takes to be who you are. So I'm going to ask you back um, later on when we talk about the secrets. So we're showcasing people no matter where they're at, no matter how successful they are financially, um, no matter how successful they are in the community. I'm showcasing fathers that are raising kids on their own, and they've got kids that are productive and mothers the same way. But, you know, you are in a business where um, just your presence of being a female, you got to overcome some stuff and you have overcome your stuff. I mean, these names, oh, God, congratulations. And I even know Denzel Washington is attached to one of your stories. So, you know, the background, but that's not uh, what we're here to talk about. You've got a new documentary. Um, I got the music. Oh, I love it. And when you talk, I want, I want our listeners to learn, you know, how this story came about, how it's supposed to touch you and where you're going with it and what's on um, your plate next. But first of all, um, let's peel back the uh, pages a little bit on, on your story. How did Kristen begin? Where does all this start from? Tell us about you. Well, it goes back to the decision I made to go to college to study television production. And it it just, just continued on from that point on. I, upon graduating from college, I worked at WPIX, as you mentioned. I worked at WNBC as a uh, production assistant in both those uh, television stations, WNBC, WPX in New York City, um, the top market in the news industry. And from that point, I'd launched myself into the world of what's called post-production. And post-production facilities in New York City and throughout the country, actually, what they do is they're responsible for the editing of commercials, of 
videos, music videos, and so on and so forth. So I got to work um, at ground level at those facilities and got to understand, get an, I got an understanding of the editing process. So while I was working at those facilities, I decided that I wanted to launch myself into the film business, which was pretty bold of me to do that in my 20s because I knew no one in the film business. So I got an idea to get what was called, and I don't think it exists right now, it's called a yellow book. In the yellow book in New York City was all of the production companies and all of the productions that were being filmed in New York. So what you could do is you find out where, who's shooting, and generally the mayor's office, because the mayor's office, the mayor's office has a department called the film and TV. And they have a listing of all of the productions that are that are taking place in New York City at any given time. And you know, you find who's shooting, get a contact person, and try to get a meeting with that person. So I did that in production, but I also did it, it did it with uh, production companies. And, um, you know, I did what stockbrokers used to do, cold call. I just made a list of calls and see who responded to me and set up a meeting. And that's how I got myself in. That's a short story as to how I got myself into the film business. In terms of the first film I worked on, just happened to be with Spike Lee. He's a New York filmmaker. I'm a New Yorker. And um, I pretty much did the same thing. But the way I got to Spike Lee's 40 Acres and a Mule production company was one person had me go to one person. It was one person after another. The final person that I spoke to that uh, gave me a telephone number for one of Spike Lee's production managers happened to be um, an African-American man at Fortune magazine. And I cannot remember his name right now, but we had this interview. And the, at the end of the interview, he said, you know, great interview, love to meet you. I, it was great meeting you, but I don't really have anything right now. And he did what I call the uh, Peter Falk uh, syndrome. And Peter Falk had this show called, uh, can't remember the name of the show, played a detective, um, Columbo. Yep. Every time Columbo would walk out of a room, right before he opened the door, he would say, but you know what? There's one more thing I need to say. And this is what this man did to me. He said, and right before I walked out of the door, he said, you know what, Kristen? There is somebody I can put you in contact with. I can't make you any promises. But, and he gave me the person's name, Preston Holmes. Preston Holmes now is big time producer in, in Hollywood. And I got to meet with Preston Holmes. And during that uh, discussion, uh, that, that interview, sorry. Um, the only thing he can offer me, because I had no, I was what the, what you call green, no experience in the film business. And I was going for the production assistant position. So he offered me um, an internship. Now, what I didn't tell him during that interview was I already had a full-time job at April's production facility, one of the number one ones in New York City. But I didn't tell him. Because what I wanted to do is do both. I wanted to hustle. That was my first introduction to hustling the legal way. Um, and from that point in that film that he brought me on as an intern 
happened to be Mo Better Blues, Spike Lee's Mo Better Blues. So from Mo Better Blues, I went from Mo Better Blues to Jungle Fever, to Malcolm X, to Summer of Sam, to mm, uh, two other films I'm not remembering right now. Um, and so I'll just fast forward. So that started my film industry experience. And that was working on the film set, which is called production. And I got a, a just a great amount of um, feet on the ground experience in filmmaking, right? And now I'm working in production and I make this decision that I wanna launch myself into post-production. Post-production has to do with the editing, the music, the marketing, all the stuff that happens after the film is shot, right? So I do that. I talk to one person, I talk to another person, and I end up getting into the union. And for most uh, non-white people in the industry, it was pretty difficult to get into all the different unions, whether it's costumes, uh, the camera department, uh, you know, any union. All the, the, the film industry has a variety of unions. So I wanted to get into the editing union. And the great thing about working with uh, Spike Lee is whatever film he produced and directed, he pretty much demanded that these unions accept the people that were working in these different departments. So my internship, my in, my internship turns into an apprenticeship, which is now a paying a paying thing. I made some money, not a lot, but I did make some money. Um, and now I'm in, I'm preparing to get into the union, which eventually I did. I got into the union, so. I moved on from working with Spike Lee. I worked on about five of his films. Like I said, uh, the first two were working on the film set. The remainder was in post-production in the editing department. And I worked, went from working with Spike Lee to Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon and uh, um, Ron Howard and a list of directors that you uh, previously mentioned. And just, you know, now you, I have production experience and post-production experience. And all the other experience that you'll get in working in a film industry is what you hear, right? How is that film marketed? How is it distributed? You know, um, what are the campaigns that they're designing and putting together? There's so much that you can learn while you're in the production seat because you're with the director, you're with the assistant director, you got all these people that make up the, the collaborative force that makes up producing a film and shooting a film. You got the camera department, the, the makeup department, the costume department, all the electric departments, that's great experience. Now I'm in post-production. Now I get to see with all that footage that they shot, now I get to see how do you put it together? How do you put that, you know, you go from screenplay to shooting it to editing it. It's these three major elements that make up putting a film together. And then of course it's it's the distribution and, and the marketing of the film. And then of course it's on the screen, you get to see it. You know, so I got all of that experience and I went on to work with other directors and it was great. And in between that, because you know, I'm freelance and most people that work in the film industry, whether it's production or post-production, you're, you're considered a freelance person. So you literally are hustling from film to film, right? And it's certain, there's so many different things that you have to learn that have nothing to do with film. It has to do with you and how you approach and how you move through and navigate through this, this industry and it's a big industry. 
and you have to learn it on your own. A lot of times you learn it on your own. It's great when you are in a, in, in a um, situation where you have a mentor or what I call, since I'm a woman, a woman tour. Somebody that helps guide you through all of this. I particularly didn't. I, I honestly, I didn't. Um, I laid back, I, li I listened, and I absorbed as much as I could. I did not go to film school. I did go to school. My undergraduate degree is in communications, television communications. I made a decision to push myself into this industry. And I, I made a good decision because it, 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 it fit me. The whole creative world and the creative mindset um, is a good fit for me. Um, so, you know, I, I did that for many years and then I got married. And then I was, I happened to get married to somebody that was also a creative, uh, a, a designer and designs and builds um, um, instruments. So I worked with his company and I did that PR work. I, I, I put together a, a press release. I approached people like uh, most Def, the, the 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 rapper, singer, music producer, uh, Wycliffe Jean, the guitarist, um, and a variety of other people. And I taught myself what to do. I got some advice here and there, but I pretty much taught myself what to do to help him out. And then in between all of those things that I just mentioned, and I'm not mentioning everything, I was doing my own writing. I was writing. I wanted to write. I wanted to express myself with the written word. Since I was around all these very talented writers, directors, producers, so on and so forth, I wanted to, I wanted to try my hand at it. Um, and I did. So fast forward to now, during the pandemic, 2020, I got an idea. I came up with an idea to tell the story of a genre of music that was created by underrepresented, by a community that's been underrepresented, an urban community. Um, and they designed, not designed, but they, they created this genre called house music. And house music, the name house music, actually comes from uh, the city of Chicago. And comes from the city, city of Chicago because city of Chicago actually produced the first house music track. And it was this club called the Warehouse. And all they did is chop off where and call it house music. House music comes from the, originally comes from the LGBTQ community in New York and New Jersey. Straight people like us, we, and I say this in the film, we kind of hijacked their party. And the, the, the mixture of communities just made it better, which is like with anything. You know, if you have a unified force in life, it makes your, your um, campaign and your, your, your cause that much stronger if you can work things out. And in a creative sense, it did work out. You know, but the credit does go to the Black LGBT community right there in Chicago and in New York City. You had some very, very popular clubs, like I said, the Warehouse, and in New York City was Paradise Garage, the Loft, and a variety of other clubs that made this music what it is today. Obviously, over the years, it's been 35, 40 years since the original 
movement started and it was a very underground movement. Um, the genre as with most genres evolved and it's evolved to fast forward to 2022. Two of the biggest um, musicians and music artists, Beyonce and Drake decided to do house music tracks. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, you talk to some house music purists and they didn't appreciate the fact that, you know, those two artists delved into doing house music tracks. But again, my feelings about that, everything evolves, you know? And I think honestly that the fact that Beyonce and Drake decided to do those house music tracks, it's good for the culture, it is. Because what they're doing is they're introducing their followers and their fans to this genre of music. It's dance music. It's, it's, it's uplifting music. You will never ever find any lyric in, house mu in, in the house music genre that's negative, that's against women, that's, it's not even really political. It's, it's, it's a very, there's, there's some mild political vibes, but nothing, they don't wanna, it's, it's not about that. It's about the people, it's about camaraderie, it's about, you know, moving your body, it's, it's, it uplifts your spirit. You know, it's, it's, it's a genre of music that really is good for the people. I, I, I often say that house music is the United Nations of music, because if you go ever go to an outdoor event anywhere in this country or the world, you will see every example of humanity. Every example, age-wise, color-wise, religion, what doesn't matter. Handicapped people, disabled people. Um, that's what house music does. It's 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 so good for the person, a human pe human persons, a human beings, mind, body, and spirit. It that's that's what it's that's the definition of house music. Um, and I just decided, going back to why I started this, I decided that I want to tell the story of the community and the culture, the house music community and culture. And I'm from New York City and my neighboring state is New Jersey. New Jersey happens to have one of the most exciting, colorful um, house music communities um, in the country. Not to, not to say anything against Chicago or, or Baltimore or, or, or South Carolina, none of these other states that my film might ultimately the documentary series will deal with. But New Jersey, the state of New Jersey actually inspired me along with my own love of house music to actually want to do this story. So what I was doing prior to even having an idea to do a story in a film, I was always, I inserted myself into that community because again, it's, it's the neighboring state, easy for me to get there. So they have events all throughout the year prior to the pandemic, all throughout the year, 365 days out of the year. You, you can go to New Jersey and find a house music uh, event inside and during the months of the end of uh, May into sometimes into November, they have outdoor events, all free. Most of them are free. And you have all these different DJ producers that put on these events to bring the community together Black, white, blue, green, old, doesn't matter. It's quite a sight to see it, but it's really the music. And my film, my story, I decided to take the angle of telling the story of 
the symbiotic relationship between the DJ producer and the dancers. I decided against telling a story, a historical story about house music, because I thought it would be much more entertaining and um, interesting to tell another, another angle of house music, to introduce the audience to the community um, and the culture. It's a very eclectic culture, you know, and it's a, it, it's a very dance driven culture. So you have a constant moving and melding of bodies, which means activity. It's always good for your body to move, whether you're working out in the gym, whether you're walking, but dancing is a great form of exercise. Um, and as far as house music affecting your mind and your overall attitude, always good. Great medicine, great medicine, natural medicine. Nothing wrong with it. It's, it's music. Mu whatever genre of music, music does something to people, right? So, uh, so it started in 2020 at the height of the pandemic. And I say as people and bodies were leaving the world, I decided to birth a creative project. And I immediately, when I was, when I was, when I had made an absolute decision to, okay, I'm gonna do this. I picked up the phone and I called some of my filmmaker friends. And I was actually quite surprised the immediate reaction that I got from most of my friends, which is do it, do it absolutely do it. This is a great story. And the angle that you're approaching, fantastic. And, you know, full disclosure, most of those people are also house music enthusiasts. But I didn't realize that at the time. Honestly, I did not. So I learned a few things about my friends. So uh, I was not the only one in, in the room that had this love of house music. So um, it made it easier for me to have uh, uh, discussions and you know, shoot some ideas and just have these conversations with them because they they understood the they understood it. So we went from there. So we I started the the, the birth of the project actually started sometime in May of 2020. We our first shoot was in September, I think, of 2020. Um, it's an outside shoot in Coney Island, which is where a lot of house music events take place, and um, that was successful. And then I targeted in my own pre-production and research, I had to actually get on the phone and call and speak to a, a long list of DJs. I, in my pre-production, again, I wrote down a wish list of DJs and producers that I would like to be, that I would like to be in my film. And um, again, everybody's shut down. The whole world is shut down. And it worked in my favor because people were available to talk. You know, um, as opposed to if this didn't happen, is that if this worldwide event didn't happen, I might not have gotten through to a, a long list of people, well-known people. So the first person I reached out to um, in terms of a DJ producer just happened to be a reggae artist's producer, Shaggy. Um, and that producer's name is Sting International. He's a two-time Grammy Award winning uh, producer. And... Um, I pinched myself when I was on the phone. When I finally got to him, I pinched myself. I'm like, I'm talking to Sting. This is great. You know, so I pitched the idea to him. And I knew I had to pitch the idea to everyone I spoke to, whether I knew you or didn't know you. So I came up, I wrote myself a short script, a pitch script. And um, again, this is all new. Never did this before. 
I've worked in the film business. I've worked with people in music and so on and so forth, but I've never done this. So, um, but I did it. And I just grew the confidence before I got on the phone. Um, and that was a successful conversation. Uh, and at the end of the conversation, I realized that he was interested. But, you know, you have the talk that you have the person that's interested. Then it's actually, are we going to do this together? So there were certain things that, we, you know, we needed to talk about and work out. Ultimately, yes. So while I was on my interest in calling him was to see if he would be, if I could shoot him, if I could interview him. In the midst of the conversation, maybe hour and a half in, maybe the two hour mark, I'm not sure. It dawned on me, wait a minute. Why don't you ask this man to help produce this with you? I thought I thought that was a better, you know, in addition to the interview, I was gonna need some help getting in contact with some other bigger producers. And it was just the light, light bulb just went off in my mind. Let me ask him. And I did. And he said, okay, you know, let's talk about it. And we did. And that's what happened. So he not, I knew I was going to interview him and I had four other people that I wanted to interview and he made it possible. He made it easier for me to contact the next big two-time Grammy award winning producer whose name is Louis Vega. Louis Vega has a, a production team called Masters at Work. And that, that is uh, Masters at Work is Louis Vega and Kenny Dope Gonzalez. And they are a powerhouse. You know, I mean, Louis Vega is not just a producer and DJ. He's a band leader. He plays instruments. His uncle was Hector Lavo, um, very well-known uh, uh, Spanish uh, singer, artist. And uh, that took a while. So we're talking 20, this is the timeline, 2020, 2021, 2022. In 2020, we started the shoot. In 2021, we continued shooting. Towards the end of 2021, we started the editing process. Now, the editing process was quite interesting because, again, we're dealing with COVID. We're dealing with people that just got COVID. And they have to take that seven days or 14 days or whatever it was to heal and, and get better. So I found an editor or my one of my uh, the cinematographer and one of my other producers, Leslie Saltis Evans, she found an editor, Amir Muhammad, young man. And we realized, you know what? We're going to have to split up this editing process. We, we can't edit all the time in person in a studio. And by the way, the studio that I used to edit, Sting International provided me with the studio, his major recording studio. He said, you can use my studio. Okay. So we decided and realized we can't do it in person all the time because of COVID, right? And what we did is Zoom edit. Like we're Zooming right now. We, you know, figured it out. And I would be at home and we would Zoom edit. And we got a lot done. We got a lot done. So, but it, it made the process, the editing process a little longer for, for a variety of reasons. So 2020 was shooting, 2021 with finishing shooting, 2021 we're also starting to edit and finishing the edit into a little bit into 2020, into, into 2022. And then we're done in 2022. And I have my first official screening of a short film in 2022. 
At the end of 2022, in December of 2022, I found a screening studio, which is a real live movie house in Soho, downtown Manhattan, to screen my film. It seats about 60, about 67 people. And obviously I invited all of the people that were part of the film, the dancers, some of the DJs, the people that worked on the film and other people. And um, it was a pretty exciting moment for me. Um, what I didn't realize when I walked into the, into the uh, movie house was they had a marquee outside. And on that marquee, it was rolling around in a digital form, very colorful. The music got me and it blew me away. Wow. I got to see that on a marquee. We had three screen, two screenings that day, December 10th, I think it was. And that's um, my birthday. December 10th. Wow. Happy birthday. Um, All right. So yeah, that screening was December 10th. And um, it was two screenings. The film is less than 20 minutes long. Again, for the audience, this is a short film, right? And my idea of, 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 of uh, producing and directing a short film is to allow me to launch into the actual larger project, a, a documentary series. But I wanted to create a calling card for myself in, 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 a, in the form of a film. So people can see, not just listen to my pitch and listen to the idea that I have for this story and the film, but actually see an example of it. So. It originally started out where I was just creating a promo film, um, a promo video rather, which is also called a sizzle reel. And while we were editing, um, I just decided to let's just you know make this into a short film. We have enough footage, and that's what happened. So, um, so in 2022, we're done. Now it's at the end of the year. 2023 rolls in which is where we are. We just left 2023, right? We're, this is January 1st, 2024. Yep. But at the top of 2023, I literally woke up and said, I think I want to enter this film, this short film, into the Martha's Vineyard African American Film Festival. I thought about it and I didn't say anything to anyone. And then I thought about it again. And maybe a week went by. And then I started to share my idea with one of the people, one of the producers that worked with me on the short film. And he said, let's do it, let's go for it. And then somebody else that I worked with to help me put together the budget for the actual docu-series, Butch Robinson, um, I shared that with him and he said, absolutely, go for it. What can you lose? Just submit it, because that's what you do during all these festivals. You submit your film and you sit back and you wait to see if it's been selected. Well, I submitted it. That was sometime in March. Um, sometime in April, I received an email telling me the music got me has been selected to be in the Martha's Vineyard African American Film Festival. And to be quite honest with you, I sat there and I looked at my screen and I said, There's no way. There's no way that my way it was accepted. And now I have to prepare to go to the festival, which is in Martha's Vineyard which is where, by the way, I got married, on a beach in Martha's Vineyard, um, and hadn't been back there in forever. Um, so the festival lasts for a week. I plan to be there for a week. My film screened on a Wednesday, 
August 9th, 12.45. I was very nervous. So, you know, I had to put together a, a website really quick and a variety of things that I had to put together really quick. And does it, for most film festivals in New York or, or throughout the world, you have to prepare your film to go to the festival. So there's certain, there's certain technical things that you have to do to get your film prepared. And, you know, I, that's it. That's what I had to do. You have to submit it to this place in Los Angeles and they convert it and blah, blah, all this stuff. So it's ready for that theater in the, at the festival. So all of that happened. And that was in August. During all of this, the, the, the year of 2023, I was shooting footage of a variety of festivals that took place in New York, New Jersey, South Carolina, Chicago. Chicago has one of the biggest film, uh, I'm sorry, Chicago has one of the uh, largest um, house music festivals. It's called The Chosen Few. And it's a Chosen Few production team. And one of those members is Terry Hunter. Terry Hunter was handpicked by, by Beyonce's team in 2022 to do a remix of her album that she dropped called Renaissance, which is, it just toured. Um, he was handpicked to do that remix and he was up for a Grammy. He didn't win in 2023, but that same person, Terry Hunter, um, is now up for another Grammy for Mariah Carey's song. I think it's called Workout for the remix he did on that. I had a meeting with Terry Hunter um, in April. Went quite well. I did exactly what I've done with most of the DJ producers I spoke to. Pitch your idea. And he, he loved it. He actually has an, a, a project, a three-part uh, documentary series out that has to do with hip-hop and house because they run parallel. Those two genres run parallel. Um, so I got him on board. So it took me about mm, four or five months to talk to his PR people and all the people that are connected to the Chosen Few event that takes place in July, the first week in July in Chicago. I wanted to shoot that. I have a very small team of people that I work with um, and I have, I'm operating on zero budget, but that didn't stop me. So I get all the press credentials and I get everything I need to go to Chicago to shoot, to be on stage, to be backstage um, during this week weekend long festival. And I did it. South Carolina also, um, one of the only women uh, house music DJ producers out of South Carolina that introduced the genre of house music to Columbia, South Carolina. And she gets a lot of press. Her name is DJ Kelly Kell. Um, I went to South Carolina for the weekend to shoot her event. So my idea for 2023, while everything else is going on, festivals, me writing, whatever I needed to do for the music got me, I had to also create a schedule to a producing schedule, a, a production schedule to shoot a variety of uh, festivals. So I have this footage once I raised the money to actually work on my documentary series, I already have footage, but I really wanted to capture the footage in 2023 because if everything goes right and, and, and everything aligns in, in the universe and the stars and I get the money to shoot this, I will have footage from 2023, which is what I want. I want footage for 2024, you know? So um, 2023 was a very, very busy year for me. Um, successful in a lot of different ways, minor successes, 
a major success would have been I would have raised uh, a number of thousands upon thousands of dollars so I could start shooting. But that didn't happen. So I still have a regular job. Um, and that's not a problem either. So that's really it in a very long, I know it took me a while to get there, but that's a little bit about who I am and, you know, bring it fast forward to present day and the project that I'm working on right now, which is called The Music Got Me, about house music. It's a journey throughout the community and culture of house music. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, uh, Kristen, uh, I don't know if you remember the first day you and I met at the little cafe on 79th Street. Oh, my God. Yes, between, I do. <laughs> uh, York and, and for, was it First Avenue? We sat yep. in a cafe and we yes. were talking. I I was smitten by by you and your your talent. And here I am. I was a um, uh, I was a working actor and model in uh, New York, but we had a uh, kinship, a friendship with uh, a mutual friend, um, Jason. He's there. Yep, Jason. He had passed We're, away, and yep. he connected because we Jason. I had trained him at Sports Training Institute. And I had shared a screenplay that I had originally uh, shared with um, a screenwriter by the name of uh, Richard Legrevenus that did Fisher King and Bridges of Madison County. Yeah. And he told told me I was a great storyteller. I wasn't a great screenwriter, but I was a great storyteller. And when I shared it with Jason, Jason at that time was working at, I think, CBS or NBC. CBS and, Sports. Yep, yep. And he said, you know something? I've always wanted to produce a film. And Jason and I sat hours and hours and hours together. And Jason did the same thing you did. He says, I got someone I want you to talk to. And you and I sat in that cafe and I listened to you. And it was your passion, your energy. I knew nothing. I, I will tell you, I knew nothing. I pretended like I knew everything, like I was ready, set, go. I had taken notes. I read a couple of books before I met you. And I knew from that day on, day one, that this was going to be a relationship and a friendship that was going to last forever. And when um, I think I told you that whenever I do the deal. Yep, you did. Um, You've been that you really Yep. And I, and I told you, I've been working on it for years and years. And I always said, originally, you were starting out as an editor. And I said that this was the editing job. But when I, I look at the fact that I, I, I said the deal has to be done by a female director, I remember um, we had the conversation we did. And I there's only one female that I know that can direct the deal. You've known her from the first for first line to the last line. You've known her for the uh, uh the promise I made down to Jason before he passed away. And listening to you today has taken me back from day one and life travels in full circle circuit circles. And I, I I can only say I am so proud of you that you've never given up on your dream thank you i appreciate it it's, been, so... it's, it's been it's been quite a, a journey but um yeah thank you i appreciate that well you know what they said you know difficult becomes easy mm. and look at what you've done you've never said i can't you've never and since, since i've known you said i can't do it because you can learn how to do it you can get the experience and what everything in, in, in life about everything we do is giving you a chance Absolutely. Now, I, I love the story. And matter of fact, the, the seven questions I had listed on here, you you covered already with the exception of, you know, um, 
how you come up with the title the music got me that was um that was a collaborative effort of, of, with myself and the, and the producer I was working with Sting International um Leslie Evans Leslie Saltis Evans Sonia Gonzalez Martinez Don Robinson um we all put our heads together and the one thing that I said at the onset I asked everybody to go home and think about Think about house music and think about a perfect title. Just let's just brainstorm this. And we did for months, months. I said, when the title is mouth, I'm going to know. It's going to be like, bing, that's what it is. And we were one day in Sting's studio and um, we would just, again, brainstorming. And I can't remember if Sting said it or if someone else said it, but it, it came from something Sting was talking about in terms of, because there is a song called The Music Got Me by a yep. producer by a producer um, who passed away, but he was very instrumental in the house music community. And his name escapes me right now. I feel really, really bad about that. But um, so anyway, that afternoon at his, in his studio, The Music Got Me, somebody said The Music Got Me and I'm like, that's it. That's it. That's it. We'll have to deal with if we're going to deal with any. Um, we're going to have to deal with the trademark. Fact, trademarking. Um, and I already spoke to a um, uh, international property, international property, intellectual property attorney about this, and we did the research and so on and so forth. So far, we're fine. So once once somebody mouthed the music got me, I said, that's it. We had a, a whole, a long list of, of titles. And actually the first one, I, if I remember correctly, was called For the Love of House Music. But I always knew that's too long. Too long. In, in, in terms of a title, I, I did not want it to be very long. I needed it to be very succinct and I needed people to draw an image as soon as they hear it, right? So anybody in the music business or anybody that loves music or anybody, in the house music community. Once you say the music got me, it's like, it's an immediate reaction, right? And it's upbeat, the music got me. And that's, if, 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 you, if you say that title three times, it will get you because that's what happens with house music. It gets you, it pulls you in, right? The first, my first introduction to house music was in the late eighties. I went, I was, I went to college right here in New York and a group of friends said something about, let's go to the Paradise Garage. I didn't know anything about the Paradise Garage. That I know day, about Paradise. Yeah. That day, um, that night, my whole social landscape changed. Because it was such a great experience walking into a club. Matter of fact, even before you got into the club, you would hear this. <laughs> you're walking up the cement, you know, um, uh, 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 runway, right? Yeah. So it takes you, it would take you from the, it's the front door, but before, before you get to the front door, it's easily about maybe a half an hour. And on that yeah. line, again, who's on that line trying to get into that club? Every member of humanity. Black, yeah. white, rich, poor, gay, straight, uh, Indian, from Iran, from doesn't matter. Everybody's on that line. I witnessed from my own eyes Police officers, nurses taking their uniforms off and putting on shorts, 
is an amazing imagery, amazing scene, and a coming together of people for one thing, the love of music, right? So once I got into that club, the experience was so different. And the reason why it was different as opposed to any other dance club in New York City, most of the clubs in New York City, and I'm sure other places, you would hear the music that you heard on the radio. Once you walked into the Paradise Garage, that iconic DJ producer whose name was Larry LeVan, suspended up in the air, and the music that he played, ooh, mm, it just changed me. You know, I became very snooty. I became uh, like, oh, I'm not going to those clubs. I'm going to this. And even if I didn't go to the club, I wanted to listen to the music. I wanted to be a part of that culture. And, but, you know, after I got out of college, it stopped. I got, I got thrust into working in film, TV uh, business, and I really didn't have time to be social. And then it came back to me in the summer of maybe 2016, 2015, 20, 2014, 2015. And that's when I infused myself into the New Jersey house music community. And that's when the wheels started going in terms of wanting to tell the story, my story. Listen, there's a bunch of other people out there. If you want to tell a story of house music, go for it. You know, within genres of, of storytelling, a variety of people tell dramatic stories, comedic stories, horror stories. So everybody can do it, um, but nobody's decided to do what I've done. So I feel great about that. Um, and I really want to honor the community. I want to honor the culture. You know, um, I want to honor the people that you, you don't hear stories about this community and this culture. You know, I want to tell that story and I want the world to know what, what this really means, you know, um, and, and the effect on people, you know, the effect on regular people. This is not about celebrities. Not, I mean, there's going to be an aspect of the celebrity there's going to be a celebrity aspect to this story because guess what? There's a lot of celebrities that love house music. You'd be surprised, you know, um, and that's going to be told too. That another aspect of my story when I tell a full length story is about the young people. It's about people right now, young um, uh, uh, men and women that are learning this, the, the, to be a DJ, to be a producer house music, young men and women that are learning and understanding the, the dance community, young men and women that are learning to write house music tracks um, that are already a part of a youthful house music community throughout the country. The largest market in house music worldwide is South Africa. And those are young people, they're not older people. Because right now, House music has a wide range in ages that follow the genre. You know, you can go from 25 to 65. That's the other aspect of house music I absolutely love. When you go to these outdoor events, it's a family affair. All these groups of families come together. They don't always dance, but there's a core uh, group of house music dancers. And you, you talk to people, they bring their, their, their lawn chairs, they bring their picnic food to just hang out in, in, in the, in the um, parks and such. And they just say, I, I, just, I, I just love the vibe. You know, that person could be 65, 70 years old, you know, and they're just taking it easy. They're enjoying the park environment. They're absolutely enjoying the music. And they're just enjoying watching people enjoy themselves dancing. 
you know? So that's the other aspect of, of, of my story that I want to tell about the youth and what they're doing, what they're bringing to the house music culture and the community and how they're going to let this genre thrive and move it into the future. It's great. And I've already interviewed some of the young people. All right. Um, I love the title. And the yeah. one of the things, the reason why I, I asked you that, because um, I speak a lot about the power of your words and, and branding and being your own, own brand and the title, uh, uh, the music's got me. I always say when you come up with, are you looking for a title or something to name your show, your podcast, your movie or whatever, write it up and see how it looks on a t-shirt. If it looks good on a t-shirt or a baseball cap or whatever, you got it. Um, you look at the company, life is good. You know mm -hmm. how they came up with the, with the title right. of the show. It's the same identical way that you guys came up with um, the music's um, got me. I do want to ask a, a small favor. I'm first, I want to let people know how to get in touch with you because I, I know that right off the top of my head, I've got people in the back of my mind that I know I'm going to reach out to that's going to help you turn your film into a, a doc, the documentary into a feature film. But how do people reach you? Well, there's two immediate ways people can reach me. We do have a, a, a an isolated Facebook page, The Music Got Me. We have an Instagram page, The Music Got Me Film. Um, I have a website, themusicgotme.com. You can go to the website and learn a little bit more about myself, my team, my short film production team, um, and a little bit about the project. It's a very interactive, um, fun website, very colorful. Lots of videos, lots of pictures, behind the scenes pictures, um, some photos of the Martha's Martha Vineyard African American Film Festival. Um, yeah, you just learn a little bit more about house music and about the community and culture and about what I want to do with the, once we launch into the larger project, the larger, the, the documentary series. All right. So, so again, themusicgotme.com, the website, the music got me uh, Facebook page. The music got me filmed for Instagram. All right. So you've already went through this series of questions that I wanted to ask, but you answered them already in a beautiful, compelling story. Thank but you. I'm also going to uh, ask my listeners, you know, AI is coming fastly coming around on the corner. There's a lot of um, do's and don'ts, pros and cons and question marks when it comes to attaching um, the creative part of the industry versus the capitalistic part to the industry. And I'm on a, a massive campaign in order for our culture to start investing and keeping our culture and our film, our music, and our communities. Um, I'm going to say Willie McGee, you know who you are. I'm going to say Frank Gwynn, you know who you are. I'm going to, this to say uh, film director and good friend in California, uh, George Lee, you know who you are. And I'm going to reach out to the community that always says that I, I wish I, I could have been a person that invested in that film. And I know you're not going to ask this, so I'm going to ask for you. Um, I, I, I would like for you to go ahead and help Miss Kristen Johnson make this into a feature film. I don't know what the budget is. I'm not going to put it out there because that's her business, whatever. But I also know that I have relationships and connections with people that are connected to people that are running the floors of the NBA that can help you, that are talking about uh, uplifting their community. Now it's time for you to go ahead and um, 
put your hat on the table and say, I'm part of this project. Um, Heather Beverly, uh, that name sounds familiar, Frankie Beverly and Mays. I'm going to ask you to pull your people together and reach out to Kristen and help her put this together. I mean, she's already got some big names. This is a win-win for everyone. Because not only do, do I see the branding be, becoming, you know, something big with merchandise and so forth, I also see, see a, a weekend series of how this music is played. I am also looking at Country Western. They've got a 24-state uh, tour of all these top people. What if, what if you put the spoken word people together on tour along with house music and we did 15 cities? and brought everyone together in a peaceful, peaceful right. weekend right. of everyone getting together and just put some love on, on it. Right. You know, that that's my ask to my listeners to stand up and be part of something great. Be a part of this story. You see the way Kristen tells her story. It's beautiful. You don't get a chance to sit at the table with, you know, Penny Marshall, Denzel Washington, Robert De Niro, uh, Ron Howard, if you don't have the gift. And this is a gift that needs for you to give. So, Kristen, with that said, I put my ask out there, A-S-A-K. I've always asked my guests if they had one ask, one dream to come true. Now, I have a very unique following, and I am so grateful for the people that subscribe. Because when I ask my people to help, they step up on the plate and they help. They don't drive by an accident. They stop and help. I love the people that like and follow and, and view for longer than three and a half minutes, whatever. I appreciate you. That's how you keep me on the air. But, Christian, if you had one ask, A-S-K, you could have one person make your dream come true, maybe four or five make it come true. What would that dream be? I would have to say the dream of seeing this story come to life. The story of the music got me, the journey into house music coming to life and coming to a theater near you, a streaming platform near you. My dream is to have a very wide audience for this. My dream is to partner with somebody that believes in this story, in the concept of the story, and it's willing to partner with me, find the necessary funds so we, we can get those cameras rolling in 2024. This has been a, a journey from the end of 2020. Now we're in 2024. Um, a lot still needs to be done. Um, my idea to shoot this, this film is to travel throughout the United States. The house music is thriving and is very prominent. And to, sh and, and to interview the different DJs in those different cities and states and the dancers. And to create this just very entertaining colorful and exciting dance music story um, to keep into people's minds, to keep that story and that, you know, a genre in people's minds for a long time coming. Uh, it's very up uplifting. It's very um, joyous, just the story and the idea. And um, that's my dream. You know, I, I want somebody out there in that big world to um, contact me and say, let's go. Let's do this, you know. And how do they contact you? Again, speak slowly. Okay. 
My website is themusicgotme.com. Facebook page, The Music Got Me. Instagram, The Music Got Me Film. And once you go to the website, there's a, you can send me your email. You can also email me at kmjfilmworks at gmail.com. Again, kmjfilmworks at gmail.com. And um, I will get back to you immediately. Let's go. Let's make Kristen. some music. Kristen. I'm going to talk to you off camera. Um, we're going to make some dreams come true. Um, to my listeners, uh, I ran the show a little bit long because it was just too good to, to cut off in 35 minutes. So hopefully you will listen to this, maybe if not in one part, but in two parts. But this is a person that you definitely should know. I may even bring her back for my special series of showcasing people that are successful and sharing their secrets or their steps to success to have her as one of the top 100 people um, with us uh, to share their secret. So I'll talk to you, Christian, later on about that. But we've covered a lot of information. We've learned. You know, um, my grandfather used to always say education is not designed to make you comfortable, but it's designed to make you think. Creative people do just that. Um, if you like what you've heard, you can go to our YouTube page, and go to RMK Productions and Network, and you can subscribe. Remember what I said about my, my, my people that subscribe? High to call action people. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or give your feedback, email us at info at rmkproductions.org. I am so grateful that um, you've come today. I am just so, so, so grateful. Um, and we've all. Always... And I want to thank. Talk with Kevin and Sons. Kevin and Son. Talk with Kevin and Son. I appreciate you having me on your show. My name is Kristen M. Johnson, filmmaker, storyteller, and um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right. And I'm going to have you do that again when we do our, our, our teaser reel. That was just perfect. Um, but again, to our listeners and to our fans, I, I thank you. Um, I thank you. 2024 is going to be so special. Look at what we're leading off with. Look at what we're leading off with. Um, it can only get better from from here. We're starting at the top, and we're you know we're going to surpass the clouds, and we're all going to be dancing on the stars. I mean, okay. drop your phone and look up. Um, <laughs> again, I, I thank you. My grandfather also said, "Is when you get to a point that." You can help someone else. It is your duty to do so. He said, reach one, teach one, and we'll fade to black. And we're out. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.